Almighty, everlasting God, let our prayer in your sight be as incense, the lifting up of our hands as the evening sacrifice. Give us grace to behold you, present in your word, and to recognize you in the lives of those around us. Stir up in us the flame of that love which burned in the heart of your Son as he bore his passion, and let it burn in us to eternal life and to the ages of ages. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O God, make haste to help us. Glory to God, the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living, parent in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed. Now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, parent, son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Our psalm this evening is Psalm 49. Hear this, all you peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the harp. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of my persecutor surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches? Truly, no ransom avails for one's life. There is no price one can give to God for it. For the ransom of life is costly and can never suffice. That one should live on forever and never see the grave. When we look at the wise, they die. Fool and dolt perish together and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations, though they named lands their own. Mortals cannot abide in their pomp. They are like the animals that perish. Such is the fate of the foolhardy, the end of those who are pleased with their lot. 
Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd. Straight to the grave they descend, and their form shall waste away. Sheol shall be their home. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, and he will receive me. Do not be afraid when some become rich, when the wealth of their houses increases. For when they die, they will carry nothing away. Their wealth will not go down after them. Though in their lifetime they count themselves happy, for you are praised when you do well for yourself. They will go to the company of their ancestors, who will never again see the light. Mortals cannot abide in their pomp. They are like the animals that perish. Our Old Testament reading is 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1-24. through 24. Now Elijah, the Tishbite of Tishbe and Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go from here and turn eastward, and hide yourself by the Wadi Sharif, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the Wadi, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the Wadi Sharif, which is east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the Wadi. But after a while the Wadi dried up, because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go now to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and live there. For I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he set out and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel, so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple of sticks, so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it, and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of mead will not be emptied, and the jug of oil will not fail, until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she as well as he and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. God has looked with favor on God's lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. 
God has mercy on those who fear God in every generation. God has shown the strength of God's arm. God has scattered the proud in their conceit. God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and the rich God has sent away empty. God has come to the help of his servant Israel for God has remembered his promise of mercy. The promise God made to our forebears, to Abraham and Abraham's children forever. Glory to God, the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Philippians chapter 12 or chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is God, to the glory of God the Father. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. God, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our God, Jesus Christ, according to Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. 
And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Parent Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our God. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and is seated at the right hand of the parent. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our parent in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Will you suffragists set A? Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, 
and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Be our light in the darkness, O God, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of those who labor, and the repose of the dead, we thank you for the blessings of the day that is past and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours. Through him who died and rose again for us, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, shield the joyous, and all for your love's sake. Amen. O God, you manifest in your servants the signs of your presence. Send forth upon us the spirit of love, that in companionship with one another, your abounding grace may increase among us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us now offer up those for whom we pray healing prayers. We are not going to use the full litany, but what we will do is offer up by name and then pray special prayers of healing, requesting healing. So I'm going to pause since my prayers are private and confidential for the healing.
strengthen your children, O oh God, to go where we have to go and bear what we have to bear, that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, we may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to your people. And by your justice, lift us up, that in the bodies you have given us, we may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Gracious Christ, you came into the world as one of us and suffered as we do. As we go through the trials of life, help us to realize that you are with us at all times and in all things, that we have no secrets from you, and that your loving grace enfolds us for eternity. In the security of your embrace, we pray. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh. You overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, then ascended again to the parent. Grant us, your people, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence where you reign in the one holy and undivided trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt your child, the anxieties that perplex them, the despair that frightens them, and their frustration at their inability to think clearly. Help them to discover your forgiveness in their memories and know your peace in their distress. Touch them, O God, and fill them with your light and your hope. Amen. Giver of all grace, we pray your peace, which passes all understanding, for those who are developmentally disabled. Grant that they may always be sustained in love, their gifts honored, and their difficulties understood, that none may add to their troubles. We ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Holy and blessed one, shine on any of your children who lie sleepless tonight. Illumine their spirits and give them rest in you so that they may recognize you as the true God who brings us out of darkness into our eternal light. Amen. Compassionate God, support and strengthen all those who reach out in love concern, and prayer for the sick and distressed. In their acts of compassion, may they know that they are your instruments 
In their concerns and fears, may they know your peace. In their prayer, may they know your steadfast love. May they not grow weary or faint-hearted. For your mercy's sake. Amen. O blessed Lord, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. I have a few thoughts to share on the readings tonight, um, but I'll try to do them pretty quickly because I've got a meeting to run to. So our psalm was particularly heartening for me today. Um, I definitely needed some reassurance with the stuff that I've got going on in my professional life. Particularly, it spoke to me, verse 5, Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of my persecutor surrounds me? And the psalmist goes on to say that no matter how good it looks like people have it in earthly ways, those who trust in God have eternal rest. In verse 15, But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. And I would certainly rather be received by God than received into any welcomingness in the world. Um, A co-worker said to me the other day that they thought um, that because I basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, because I had stood up for something that, that I believed to be, that I believed to be right. Um, I had one of those moments where I just knew in my bones that enough, that this was a place where I needed to take a stand. I've, I've learned to fight my battles over the years. I used to just fight them all, you know, but um, now I do choose. <laughs> Perhaps I choose more. Um, I also use the filter. I always fight for people not with people, and at least that's my intent. So it was a moment where I felt like I needed to fight for compassion and justice and mercy, basically. And um, my coworker said to me that they felt that I, um, I was being blackballed because of this. And I guess what I come to is this. I have grown, thank God, very close to God. My relationship with God, I, I give it time and attention and I, 
I really try to nurture it. And I have, over the past few years, entered into cooperation with God in every crisis that it may become a catalyst and every moment of joy. And so I would rather be right with my authentic self and be right with God than be right with anybody else in the world. I'd, I'd rather be ostracized from, from this particular community of which we speak completely than to turn my face from what I believe to be justice. Too often, out of fear, we do, as, as Churchill, I believe it was, said, um, nothing. All that is necessary for evil to prosper is for good people to stand by and do nothing. And this time I couldn't. I know I would get farther in earthly matters by keeping my head down and my mouth quiet. And sometimes that is the right answer, but sometimes it's not. And we can rest assured that God sees. And not only are we seen by God, but we are loved and protected by God. And our immortal souls, our authentic selves, that which is more important than any earthly reward is looked after and safeguarded and nurtured and grown by none other than God, God's self. So that's very reassuring to me in this time. Our Old Testament reading reaffirms another reassurance that it goes hand in glove with the reassurance of the psalmist. Elijah's experience should speak to us. God cared for both Elijah and, as the story goes on, we learn that God cares also for the widow and her son. And I think it's very interesting here that God says through Elijah that it will not rain, that there will be no water. But then he says he will provide for Elijah. You shall drink from the wadi and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. And then when the water dries up, he says, go to the widow, I have commanded her to feed you. So not just once, but progressively, God sends Elijah to be cared for. I think a lot of times we wish for the first answer, the first rescue to be the final answer and the forever rescue. And sometimes not. that's not it. Sometimes it's this place for this season and then the next place for the next season. But Elijah continues to trust in God and to follow God from one place to another and God does care for him. And I think that not only does God care for us in the same way, but we also should be reassured that when we cooperate with God, both as the giver and as the receiver, God takes care of us. God makes sure. God provides. So the widow gave what she had when she didn't even have enough. And this is a repeating tale, right? You know, it's just like the fishes and the loaves. And yet her sources became bottomless. Her jug of meal never ran out.
so Sue, especially I think, you know, I'm put in mind of today with the spiritual energy that God bestows upon us that gives us the strength and the motivation and the capability and, you know, it's kind of that, that source of a spiritual fuel that both as the giver and as the receiver and there are times for each. God is there in both places, refilling and giving at both ends. Actually, I guess it's kind of more like a circle, right? But at both points, I guess maybe is a better way to say. Um, our New Testament reading then, which was Philippians, I think speaks to how we do this in community. So we've seen it, seen it modeled out for the giver and the receiver both of whom were following God's command um, to give and to receive. And, and here we see um, how that looks in community to cooperate with God's love and in God's love. If there then is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love and sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love being in full accord and of one mind. Come together, right? Cooperate together in love and through love and with God and in God. And we have a bit of a lesson again about Christ's example of what humanity, what humanness looks like and a reminder that we seek after God as opposed to what the writer here describes as our own interests. I think when we look to our universality as all part of, of the greater whole, in the end, our own interests are indeed met. Um, so I, I, think, I don't think this is saying that the answer to godliness is martyrdom. But I do also think that this is what community looks like when we are in cooperation and seeking that connectedness between each other, between our authentic selves or immortal souls, whatever language you'd like to use for it. Sorry if that wasn't incredibly clear. I might be rushing a little bit as I get to my end of the end of my time with you this evening. And then we have a lovely story that we're used to kind of thinking is a Christmas story, but I love the story of the wise people, especially because I um, I heard a Celtic retelling of it recently that it was Celtic Druids who were the wise people, and I just love that. I guess because of my Celtic heritage. Um, but I, um, I think, I think it's wonderful how the wise men allow themselves to be redirected and they're not like blaming or, or beating up on themselves or anything like that because they were duped by Herod at first. They simply receive God's message in a dream and then go by another way, which I think is interesting because on Monday our reading talked about the prophet going back by another way. So maybe there's something there that we must not always go the way that we've been before, but we do listen to God and follow God's direction even when it 
it looks different. Maybe that's a piece of it. Um, and maybe also we should remember here that wisdom comes in many different packages and many different forms. And when we are deep in, committed to, intentional about and nurturing of our relationship with God, that of God in us recognizes that of God in others, even when the package is different than what we're used to. I, um, I need to go back here to our Old Testament reading for a minute too and say this. Um, I think, you know, talking about God providing for us, I think, I think in our modern culture, we have, have some kind of hang-ups about this, that we think that God's help only comes when we've done everything right. So if we take, for example, finances, well, God's not going to help me with my finances because I didn't budget properly. I didn't take the time to budget. I, I was careless with my finances. No, God meets us where we are and helps us exactly, exactly where we are, whether it's, I mean, there is no case where we've done everything perfectly. It's just not possible. There's no 100%. There's always, you know, knowledge that came later or additional data or tiredness. I mean, there's so many different factors. So no, don't wait until you're perfect to ask for and receive God's help. God comes right where you are and God's help is not conditional. All right, I think that's all I've got to say on the readings tonight. I feel like there's more I could say, especially on the New Testament, but may the Holy Spirit fill in the blanks that I have left. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this, at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our God Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.